And frankly, I just have to acknowledge that we all go through awful, awful times in our lives. And sometimes some people go through what seems like a lot more than others, right? Some, sometimes you can look at someone else's life when you're going through something big and think, why am I always the one that has the crisis or something bad happening? But the truth of the matter is we all have crisis or trauma that comes to us in life. And to some extent, we were built for it. We literally can do so many things, so many hard things we can make it through. And we already have, right? I mean, if you're here listening or watching, we've made it through a pandemic. Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. Welcome, persisters and brothers, to episode 88 of Persistence You podcast. It's Lizbeth Meredith here. I am so excited because I finally changed the software up, and now we're going to be able to have interviews on YouTube as well as the audio wherever you listen to your podcast. So I wanted to start out by testing myself. I didn't want some other guest of mine to end up on the show and have to watch me fumble my way through this. So it's just you and me today. It is just you and me. I am my own guest, but the timing could not be better. First, let me just start by saying we are on episode 88 and I can't believe it. I forget to tell you sometimes like which episode we're at, but if this is the first time you're hearing me, that means it gives you a lot of opportunity to go back and listen to some old episodes. I started out like we all do when we start something new, just doing a terrible job of so many things on the podcast, but I've always had great guests and a clear vision. And my vision for this podcast has always been and will always be a place for and by survivors and strivers to give doses of encouragement, to build community, to stop amplifying what divides us, and instead perhaps celebrate what universal experiences that we all have. I created Persistence You with Elizabeth because I wanted to develop community in a time, especially in the United States, but maybe not only in the United States, where that is really, really important. And it kind of comes, well, it definitely comes from my own experience of having such amazing community that I was able to develop and embrace when I lived in Anchorage, Alaska, back in the day when my children were kidnapped four years after I left an abusive marriage and they were taken out of country. And I've said this many times on different interviews and in my book, Pieces of Me, that uh, I could have never been reunited with my children had I relied on my own resources alone. And so it's always been important to me to kind of honor that memory of people who seemingly had nothing in common and spanned the globe pre-internet, who laid down a whole lot of their differences to help me become reunited with my daughters. Now they're in their mid-30s. 
anyway, I'm so excited still about the podcast. It's one of many things that I do, but I'm so excited. So just keep in mind, speaking of kidnapped children, this is this date today that we're recording is September 27th, 2022. And on October 1st, I'm going to be one of many presenters at iStand Parent Network, their annual free virtual conference this weekend. So if you know someone or if you are someone, a parent of children who are kidnapped and particularly taken out of country, this conference is for you. You could be anywhere in the world, but if you have internet, go on their website. It's I, it's a baby I, Stand Parent Network Conference 2022 and sign on up. There'll be something there for you and support that you get when you meet with other parents, even though this is virtual, this is the first and maybe only year it will be virtual, but that makes it free. So it makes it accessible. Anyway, if you know someone that that fits the bill, please share that information because it's hard when you're going something, going through something as painful as having your kids kidnapped and you do feel all alone. So speaking of which, I just wanted to have this podcast today to go over a few things that are just on my mind lately and on my writing mind. So as an author, I'm writing that next book and now in the editing phases of making improvements on a little bitty book that people have asked for for years. And it is basically, yeah, you went through some hard things. You went through domestic violence and living in a shelter and you know poverty. And then your kids were kidnapped after things were getting better how do you go through those things? What helped you reunite with your children or what helped you get through that time? And frankly, I just have to acknowledge that we all go through awful, awful times in our lives. And sometimes some people go through what seems like a lot more than others, right? Some, sometimes you can look at someone else's life when you're going through something big and think, why am I always the one that has the crisis or something bad happening? But the truth of the matter is we all have crisis or trauma that comes to us in life. And to some extent, we were built for it. We literally can do so many things, so many hard things we can make it through. And we already have, right? I mean, if you're here listening or watching, we've made it through a pandemic. And no matter what side of the coin you're on about it, the fact of the matter is if you're still here standing, you've done something pretty amazing because it was really and is it's not over. It continues to be really challenging and financially horrifying around the world. And just so many things, losing loved ones to a pandemic, it's a helpless feeling. So I am writing that book, Grounded in Grit, and I believe the subtitle will be uh, Turn Your Challenges into Your Superpowers. But the reason I'm bringing it up as I'm doing the edits is I'm really trying to focus but to pay the bills, and I still need to pay the bills, even though the book became a movie that I just need to break it to you gently, that didn't make me particularly wealthy, but in a financial way, but it made me perfectly compensated as a writer goes. Don't get me wrong. And also, you know, very grateful. There's a different form of wealth. But one thing I don't think anyone could be prepared for is how many opportunities I get from people sliding into direct messages or um, emailing me at the website, all wonderful things, asking for maybe an hour of my time here, a few minutes there. Can we meet here? Can we talk on the phone there? 
And it's often authors who maybe want their books to be movies or need help with marketing or editing something and or parents of kidnapped kids, loved ones of someone in an abusive relationship. How do we get this person out of that relationship? Or can you talk to him or her? You know, those kinds of wonderful things that when I wrote the book, I expected some of that and there was a lot, but with the movie out, it means I get a lot more of it. And I thought I've made a choice. I absolutely do not work with people actively in abusive relationships or whose kids are kidnapped. There are so many reasons. One of which is I've certainly devoted my life to working with people who in the past 30 years have experienced crisis or trauma and intergenerational traumas often and want to break out of those patterns. And so I did that in my professional career. But moving on, what's really important for people going through active crises is to not rely on one person's experience and think that that person has some magical words or info that's going to transport them out of it. Also, when you're going through such a traumatic event, it's really important to know that there are services, there may be government or non-government organizations, but they have the most up-to-date information for free, typically, for people experiencing what they're experiencing. And they can connect a person that you or someone you know could really benefit from knowing. They really, really, really have the up-to-date info for free, perfectly accessible. And it is definitely important to embrace those services So I did come up with a video that I'll now be sending people when they reach out for support. So I created something that will help them understand the biggest lessons I've learned in addition to the little book I'm writing. Not everyone likes to read books and I totally get that, but I wanted to talk about a few things because just as we're getting readier to get the book out, I also want to have a podcast where people can listen to some of the messages that some of the themes that really, really helped me but not just me, people who've already been on the podcast. So I often tell people, you know, what helps in a crisis, any kind of crisis, but certainly my own uh, different ones were having strong communication skills, developing solid support and embracing stubborn persistence and not giving up, having a vision for what you want and never giving that up, rolling up your sleeves and saying, I will do what it takes. But so we're at episode number 88 now, but let's looking look over for a second what I mean by strong communication skills, because I was just thinking today about how it's really hard when you're going through something life-changing and painful. Maybe you lost uh, a loved one that was close to you. Maybe you need to get someone in your family support or services that only a very crowded government agency, let's say the Veterans Administration, I always pick on them because they're easy to pick on. But uh, so, you know, if you don't know how to work through systems like that, it can be so frustrating and so incredibly debilitating if you're going through it alone. So let's look at the strong communication skills. I was just thinking about how we need to show up in our lives when we're going through something awful. Let me first say that the first person you need to have good communication with is you, always you. Always start with every single thing I'm talking about, looking at how you are operating in your life. 
Are you saying nice things to yourself? Are you giving yourself messages that are positive? Are you, in fact, reminding yourself that you're not alone, no matter what you're going through, someone else out there has gone through it before, is going through it, and there is support in numbers. If you isolate, then you will always feel like the universe has it in for you, that you are the only one with maybe such bad luck, or you're so feeling so helpless, hopeless, and lonely. And so if you're telling yourself, there's something about me, it's just not true. So you're not alone. That's a message you tell yourself every day when you wake up and train your mind. Because when we're going through a crisis, what I like to think, what has definitely helped me is to recognize that our brains are in fact wired to be more on the negative side that keeps us safe, that keeps us protected in life. And it keeps us back in the olden days, especially, you know, safe from prey, you know, safe from being prey, safe from predators, safe from danger, all of those things. But we need to wire our brains and we can still rewire them all our lives. As long as we're still living, we're still malleable, but we need to be able to look for what is good around us and intentionally show up with some positivity because that'll keep us more energetic, more hopeful, and more likely not to shut down and helps keep us able to move forward. And so when I wake up in the morning, I go over five things really quickly, real, real quick, probably 40 seconds from the day before five things that I'm grateful for, you know, one, two, three, four, five coffee was really good yesterday. I had a very nice walk. I had a delightful conversation with a coworker loved the book that I'm reading. I read a couple pages. That was great. It could be small, tiny things. It could be, I wasn't hung up on when I called uh, and had a difficult conversation with someone, you know, it depends on what it was, but you're training your brain to find what's good. That will help prep you to be more likely to reach out for support as you need it to be someone that people can bear being around. Even if you're going through really, really hard times, I would also say part of how you show up for you is journal. By all means, write a little journal. You don't have to go deep, deep, deep. It doesn't have to be page after page, but think about writing, especially as you're going through hard times, because you'll want to get your emotions out. And you'll also want to remember who you spoke to as you're going through something like, let's say my kids were kidnapped, each police officer's name, badge number. I would get that, write it down. Okay. They told me to do what next? I would write that down. So my journals from the day, from back in the day, were things about emotions and despair and sadness. But it was also things like, I talked to this person, that person, they told me to do this next. And the main thing is I would do it. So back on stubborn or strong communication, find the power of journaling, but certainly then email when you're dealing with people who are not close to you in your support network. You're going to, if it is, let's say government agencies, non-government agencies, whatever, lawyers, um, even even things like my financial institution recently, I fell prey to an online scam. My emails and write handwritten notes and things like that, they're very important. So learn the power of writing a good email and saving it and let that be part of the written record. It also helps when you're feeling very high toned to not let it 
overtake you. And so you can write an email to someone that you need to contact, minimize it on your screen, come back to it later to make sure that you've not yelled at anyone, said bad things, uh, that you put your what was important first in the subject line and in the very first paragraph. But it just helps as a way of communication to keep things straight and organized. And you can take that old email and forward it with a new message if you don't hear back from the person you needed to. Not to be cruel, but to show that you're marking time, that you are marking progress, rather. With solid support with our friends and family, speaking of emails and writing and talking, people don't know how to deal with us. So if I have to tell, if I had to give some wisdom as to what really helped, if I was on my A game, I was able to know what my needs were and tell people. And sometimes I failed miserably. But podcast guest MK Meredith talks about it in her cancer journey. And let's see what episode was Meredith. Oh, I need to look back on that. Uh, show notes, I will look back on, but her name is MK Meredith and it was at Persistence U Podcast. And she wrote, people generally want to relate and connect with one another. When we meet someone new, we tend to look for commonalities, something that will connect us, but we're not always good at it. Through diagnosis or treatment or healing and finding your new normal, you may encounter people who say upsetting things. I want you to be ready with a thoughtful phrase or comfort for yourself so that if it happens, you can let it pass and not allow it to ingrain itself in your day or your heart. I read another book and I'm citing that in the book I'm writing, but it was an author who'd lost, uh, who had a number of miscarriages and the kinds of things people say when they mean well, and I have totally done it. We say, we fill the space because it's uncomfortable to see someone we care about in pain. So we may reach forward and say something like it was, you know, I mean, this sounds terrible, but some people will say things like it was God's will, or you're so lucky, you never know that baby may have had problems, you know, who knows why. Those are not helpful things. It's just not helpful often to say the things that come to our anxious mind when we try to comfort someone. So if you're going through a really hard time, part of strong communication and frankly, building solid support is know what you need to hear. This particular author had had a number of miscarriages. She's different than MK Meredith. And she wrote an email out in the caption. It said, this is what I need you to say. And she sent it only to her closest support, but she outlined what she needed from people. And it was beautiful. And every single person she wrote was responsive. They were not offended. People want to help. They don't know what to say. Give them grace and help employ some tools to help them know what you need. Do you need a pot? You need a casserole, but you don't want any conversation. Do you just want to be heard for 30 minutes and you need no one to give opinion? You always have to tell me that because I'm always full of opinions, but that's part of the strong communication that will help build you some solid support for people who are now writing and asking me for that hour. And I'm not, I'm not giving it. I'm just creating a video in the next book because of time constraints and so many other reasons. But the main thing is you want to build solid support that comes from being able to modulate your own moods, that comes from being able to communicate efficiently. It also comes from diversifying your assets when you're getting support. When I've worked with, let's say, abused women, survivors of domestic abuse, 
If I met someone who says to me, oh, there was this one person and she totally saved me from my abusive relationship, or, oh, I met this other gentleman and thank goodness he came along when he did. I was saved by that. It just changed everything. I've never had it to be successful. Later, 10 years, 20 years later, there's still people stuck because they didn't make a decision and they didn't learn to use the skills, to gain skills, to get themselves out of the situation. They abdicated their authority instead of delegated some of their authority at times. So what I always tell people when we're going through hard times is diversify. Don't use one friend constantly as a sounding board. Even if he or she says it's okay, how long is that sustainable? But I'll find peer support groups, find them online if you can't go out anywhere. Find them, they are there. Create your own support if you need to with a meetup group. If that's what you need to do, get scrappy. But use by all means. If you're part of a faith community, certainly if you have close people there, terrific. Don't only use your faith community when you're going through something. You may want a therapist. You may want peer support and a therapist. You may have a faith community also, but whatever you do, make sure it's everything isn't reliant on one agency, one person, one anything. And the person I hope that shows up as your hero when we're going through hard times is quite frankly, you and me, you know, I hope that we all show up for ourselves as that hero, eventually not being independent, but mixing it up, being interdependent, not being dependent on only one person, but certainly relying on the fact that we need community. And I hope that makes sense. Let me know if it doesn't, but you want to have different, just like in your financial portfolio, if you have such a thing, getting all fancy here, but you definitely want to have your investments in different buckets so that when the economy tanks, you don't end up with nothing. If you do straight real estate and the real estate market goes, you're in trouble. But if you absolutely diversify your assets, you're going to have a greater chance of coming out resilient. That's what I hope for when talking about making sure you have solid support, not being independent, but not falling needy to just one person. If you're going to a place like I went to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, didn't go there in person. I was living in Alaska, but I called them You always want to develop a rapport with one person in an office. And I don't mean, you know, anything weird, like you don't have to be their best friend, don't send them gifts, anything like that. But you want to have good, decent relationships and not burn your bridges when you get upset, when you're dealing with agencies, whenever possible. And so then if that case manager or if that person who's on the other end of the phone has a suggestion for you, and you're going through a more long-term crisis like I was with kidnapped kids, by all means, take them up on that suggestion. Even if you're not sure you think that's going to work, even if you're skeptical of it, as a government worker, as a probation officer, as an example for me, when I had clients, and I especially when I worked with their parents and I suggested something and they followed through with that suggestion, I was much more likely to get them on the fast track to different services because I knew they would follow through. I knew they were open to suggestions. I knew that they were serious about personal growth in the midst of hard times. So I just say help 
gosh, create a garden of support and then don't forget to water it. When your friends have been supporting you for six months to a year to years, it's this is not difficult for some people, but some of us more than others, it's easy to only think about ourselves and our crisis. We forget to ask about our friends. We forget to be funny sometimes. We forget to make sure that we honor their own hard times. We we show up for them when they ask for support. Just keeping it mutual is going to help a lot with building that solid support. And I love that. Well, a couple of things. Um, when dealing with solid support, Tracy Phillips' interview on Persistence U, Tracy with an I, she is a business coach, but Tracy also dealt with a lot of issues regarding infertility back in the day. And she had a doctor who continually spoke to her in a way that was just really, really, really frustrating. And I'm thinking, is it the doctor or was it her baby? I think her baby was born with some extra struggles when the baby was born. So the baby's born. She wanted to be super excited after a very high stress pregnancy on bed rest. And then the doctor comes in with some very, very negative, negative information, taking that moment of joy and just raining on it. I'd say something different, but I don't want to do that. Anyway, Tracy talked about how she helped. She knew that she was a part of a treatment team for her child. She didn't want to do what came naturally to her, which was to blow up at the doctor. She wanted to be a good part of a team that could help support the crisis. So she talked very respectfully with the doctor about what she needed to hear and what kind of mess, when was the right time for a, a message such as the doctor had delivered and how it could go better in the future. And all of the other parts of the team thanked her for that. And they said they learned so much from her. So I was very inspired by Tracy. So getting and keeping and maintaining solid support, it is an art, but it's possible and so critical. We are pack animals. Even me, I like to be alone. I'm a reclusive sometimes, but I do still love and need other people. I need to be giving to them and I need to be receiving. I need to be a part of the pack. We all need to belong and be a part of something good. The stubborn persistence. I can't tell you enough. This is what I tell people that I work with whose kids are missing or in a violent relationship and rebuilding their lives. Have an image of what you want life to be. Have that image in your head. You know that it may not turn out that way. I don't have to tell anyone that life turns out as it turns out. And uh, But have an image of what it is that you want and don't lose track of that image. But all along the way, keep your eyes open for what transformation you're going through. When you're going through a hard time, you have an opportunity to be not defined by the problem, but refined. And that is so very important. And you can still bring your best self, a better self than you, when you began and make a huge contribution to your world, even if it turns out just as you wanted, as in the case for at least me getting to see my daughters again. Um, certainly the fallout from two years of abduction was things I never would have expected. But on the other hand, I was so fortunate to be reunited a couple of years, two and, a, two and some years afterward. Podcast guest number 61, Karen Vaughn from Australia. She had a sister in a very violent relationship. And 
That sister, when she became very ill, so young with cancer, and she was a young mom and in a awful, you know, toxic relationship, Karen couldn't save her sister. It, she couldn't. She couldn't change things. She couldn't make her de- sister decide to do differently, be differently. She didn't have the bandwidth, her sister at that point, to make bold choices about the relationship. She was dying. But Karen let that experience transform not just her, and it did, it refined her and who she showed up in the world as. To this day, she honors her sister with a whole bunch of philanthropic um, things that she does, philanthropic, I don't know, the words just escaped me, but she does a lot of philanthropy on behalf of her sister, including having a podcast, writing books, going and inspiring other people to change the world around them who didn't die in their twenties, like her sister did, you know? So she didn't let that experience just become something that embittered her. It really did better her. And I believe that's something we can all do. We can do, maybe you're already doing it, but for our friends who are going through really hard times, sometimes it's tempting, especially if it's our adult kids, to want to buffer every experience that they have, get in the way of any consequences that they experience um, as fallout for maybe some of their choices, even choices they made in good faith, like mine to marry the wrong person. You know, I had to feel the consequences of some of that. And that helped me never repeat the pattern. And I will say, sometimes we have to know how to support people and love them and direct them to the right place without trying to take the crisis on as their own and keep them stuck in a sense. It really keeps them frozen and small. So those are some of the things that I'm writing about, but certainly when people from here on out contact me, I will refer them with a private link to a video. If they're going through those types of crises, I hope that for you, every single week that Persistence You brings you something that's a bit of encouragement that can stretch your thinking. And that is a positive buffer, you know, a buffer against life. The other thing, I was just talking to a friend right before you and I got together, but um, for this conversation, but what we know for sure in life is that hard times are coming for us. And it's not, you're not being singled out. I think that's one of the best things when we get out of isolation, when we're going through something hard and we don't rely on just one person, but on groups of people that we meet, we know that hardship and hard times are not unique to any of us. It happens to all of us in different levels, but that's all the more important to really show up intentionally to make sure that the dreams we have, the good that we want to do in the world, all of that the travels, whatever it is, we got to make that happen because we know we've got to squeeze that in between the other things, right? So anyway, that's this week, thinking about all of the messages that have been coming into me lately. And now I will use this podcast to, to refer people back to it. But I've loved having the guests that I have. We'll go back to having mostly guests from here on out. It'll be available on YouTube if I figure that out, as well as of course, wherever you listen to your podcast. Of course, I review movies that I love on YouTube as well. And you can find me at lameredith.com. I do coaching, individual coaching hourly 
for a small amount of clients and just know that they're not people in horrifying active crises that a government agency would serve for free, but they're people who are grounded in grit and who are ready to turn their challenges into their superpowers. And so I love doing that. Let me know if you want to have a free session, if that sounds like you, and we can schedule up in the next few weeks and see if we'd work well together. Until then, take care back next Wednesday, and I hope you have a phenomenal week. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review. And if you really, really enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe. And I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.